Are you eating a lot after dinner in the evening? Are you waking up during the night to eat maybe several times? Is your sleep disrupted? Stay right where you are because psychologist Dr. Connie Stapleton, who specializes in bariatric surgery, is with me to talk about night eating syndrome. She gets right to it with the answers you need now. ProCare Health offers easy and affordable solutions with once daily multivitamins, including our new DS and Sadie surgery formula, increased iron, A, D, E, and K, still just one capsule a day. Visit ProCareNow.com and use code SUSAN60 to get a free bag of protein powder with $60 purchase. Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell, ex-radio dietitian turned podcaster. You're listening to the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast, episode number 94. I'm here to help you cut through all that health hype, give you accurate science-based nutrition information worthy of all of your time and those efforts you're putting in. Simple step-by-step strategies that can change your life right now. I want you to feel well every day. Get out there. Do the things you want to do. And that's why I do the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast for you. You're in the right place. I'm glad you're listening. Because of you, over 200,000 episodes of the podcast have been listened to. Thank you so much. Keep listening. Share it with a friend who would benefit from it too. Joining me is Atlanta-based psychologist, Dr. Connie Stapleton. Well, you know that Dr. Connie has vast experience in the mental health aspect of bariatrics. She gets right to the core of the issues, and today she's doing that with night eating syndrome and is sharing practical ways for you to improve your relationships with food, with other people, most importantly, with yourself. You can find links in the show notes to Dr. Connie's website, complete with her resources, as well as her podcast called Berry Aftercare. Well, hey, Connie, I want to thank you for joining me today. As always, we have a good time. We cover a lot of important information, but also thank you for helping to make the podcast so popular because of your knowledge and because you care. Thank you, Susan, and congratulations. Those numbers are fantastic, and you deserve it. You do great work in this community, and your knowledge and information is so needed. Well, thank you. You know, really, it's just because I love what I do, and I have the best listeners ever. You do. (laughs) I'm spoiled. (laughs) Okay, so let's get right to it. What is night eating syndrome all about? This is such a great topic because I think people are really curious about it and they don't know exactly, do I have this or what is it that's going on here? So night eating syndrome is actually classified as an eating disorder and it occurs along with sleep problems. So somebody who has night eating syndrome, typically they combine overeating later at night and then they have a bunch of sleep problems on top of that. So night eating syndrome, what happens is people eat a lot after dinner late in the evening, and they eat up a lot of their calories at that time of the day, which is really the nighttime. And then they wake up during the night and they eat during the night as well. And that actually happens several times throughout the night. So there's a lot of calorie consumption that happens late in the evening and throughout the night with night eating syndrome. Okay. So let's tie that to symptoms. If um, one of the listeners, someone's saying to themselves right now, okay, hmm. I do some of those things. Are there specific 
symptoms that you look for that point to night eating? Definitely. So if you're going to talk to your primary care doctor or a psychologist or a psychiatrist, here's what they're going to be looking for to to decide if you actually have night eating syndrome. So at least twice a week, you're waking up during the night to eat, but there's also other symptoms that have to be included. And some of those include, and you're going to have to have at least three of these, insomnia, at least four or more times a week. So people are waking up to eat sometimes multiple times a night. And this is for several weeks or several months. It it feels like you just have to have something in your stomach. Got to have that full stomach in order to get back to sleep. So insomnia is one of the other symptoms that you have to have or eating a lot of calories, more than 25% of your calories, in fact, for the entire day needs to be consumed at night before bed or during the night. So it's not usually like sitting down and having a big meal, but again, it's that insomnia, waking up, eating during the night, feeling like you have to have that full stomach. And the foods that are being craved at this time are usually those ones we don't want at all, actually, right? The yeah, it's actually like, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about what you're going to say, like slider foods, right? Ca- yeah. High calories, carbohydrates, sugar, things that are yep. super easy to eat. And so I, I'm hearing you say, really, you're eating your night meal, but then the eating is just continuing on into the evening and into the night Correct. with a majority of your calories. Correct. And then during the day, one of the other symptoms is you're really not very hungry. It's not during the day you're like, oh, I can go all day without eating, which is not something we want to be doing anyway especially as a bariatric patient, right? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Right. So, and the other thing is often there's, there's a lot of depression and anxiety that may go along with this because people feel ashamed. They're embarrassed. They're sad. They don't understand. So Dr. Connie question, this just came out. I'm just thinking on top of my mind. So all the stress that people feel right now, whether it's from what is going on around the world with this, the, these wars, or whether it is, the pandemic, or maybe it's just both and they're feeling overwhelmed and uncertain. That can often, as you have told us before, kick in depression and anxiety. Can that then kick yeah. in an, um night eating syndrome that you never had before, or maybe you had and it's not been an issue or treated, bring it back out? That I'm not absolutely certain of the science on, but it would make <laughs> sense to me that as there's increased depression and increased anxiety going on in the world right now with all the things happening, that, you know, people are having more trouble falling asleep. And so a lot of people feel like, oh, maybe, maybe something to eat would help me fall asleep. I'll have that full satisfied feeling. So I don't know what causes which, but there's absolutely an overlay of the two. So, you know, get treatment for one, get treatment for both. But if you've got both going on, be sure to mention it to your healthcare provider because they may be part of the same issue. Well, you might be thinking that night eating syndrome, is that the same thing as binge eating disorder or BED? So I know that's not the case, Dr. Connie. Explain how NES is different from binge eating disorder and from, for that matter, from truly some sort of sleep disorder. Right. It is different from binge eating disorder because with binge eating disorder, people are typically 
going to sit down and eat a lot of calories at a single sitting. So they're consuming an, an enormous amount of food, actually, without really thinking about it or being mindful. But with night eating syndrome, you're eating small amounts of food, but you're doing it at different times through the night. And that is really messing with your sleep, too. So it's more like a sleep issue than it is binge eating disorder, but it's not exactly the same as an as a sleep thing either. So with night eating, you feel like you can't sleep unless you eat. Whereas typical insomnia, you know, if it's not part of night eating syndrome, may not have that food component to it. Right. It might be you've got the the restless mind, you know, you can't slow your mind down, but it's not necessarily the same. So it's more like insomnia is part of the night eating syndrome as opposed to night eating syndrome being part of insomnia. How common is night eating syndrome and how often do you see it become an issue after weight loss surgery? The thing is, it's about one in a hundred people who have night eating syndrome. So it's, it's more common. So you and I are going to see more people who have night eating syndrome because we work in bariatric medicine. So people who have extra weight or the disease of obesity are more likely to have night eating syndrome or people who struggle with depression or anxiety. And a lot of our population does struggle with depression or anxiety. Also, people who have struggles with alcohol or other drug abuse typically have more cases of night eating syndrome or people who have another eating disorder. So if you've struggled with anorexia in the past, or if you struggled with binge eating disorder, it's more likely. But the numbers are still about one in a hundred. It's just that we may have more of those hundred people in our population. Are there any clear causes? You know, I can't help but wonder the tie to hormones, because I think how the hormones that affect hunger and satiety are so affected after surgery. It makes me wonder if there is a tie in our population to night eating syndrome. But from what you know, any clear causes, cause and effects? I don't think the causes are clear. However, what you were talking about as far as the hormones, doctors do think that there's a relationship between hormone, sleep-wake cycle, and night eating syndrome. So it's very likely that there are some hormonal issues involved. And as you and I know, following weight loss surgery, there's a surge of hormones released in the body. So again, people are more likely to have night eating syndrome if they struggle with obesity. And if you're having weight loss surgery, then the disease of obesity is a factor, which means obviously hormones are involved. Right, exactly. And then I wonder what you were talking about a few minutes ago, just about our internal body clock or what's right. known as circadian rhythm that some people are night people, some people are morning people. Do you see any of that in the release of hormones there that may make you think, oh, I'm hungry at night and I'm awake at night rather than during the day? Yes, because you know we all have that different internal clock and I wish I could reset mine, quite honestly. But, um, <laughs> and our, if you're a night person, like I'm a night person, your body does release hormones that can make you feel hungry and alert at night rather than during the day. And that's related to your own internal body clock. So absolutely, genetics also can play a factor. But again, of course, 
there's so much unknown about that, but they are saying that night eating syndrome can run in families. But then again, so does the disease of obesity. So does um, anxiety. So does depression, right? Right. So So, what is it, the chicken or the egg? (laughs) Exactly. We really don't know. But I'll tell you what, daytime dieting can also really interfere with night eating syndrome. Because people who are on severely low, low calorie, highly restricted caloric intake diets, they're not getting enough calories during the, during the day. And so they may be more likely to eat more, maybe either binge at night or have night eating syndrome where they eat a lot of calories, but throughout the night. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that whole dieting cycle that people get into. Well, if you're thinking to yourself, okay, I need a refresher here. I'm having trouble getting my uh, calories in during the day or your protein. Just go to my homepage. You can grab the freebie there. It's called Five Fast Ways. Um, it's a guide to add protein to your diet. I'm going to put the link in the show note, but Great. you can go right to the homepage, breakingdownnutrition.com, and you'll see three or four freebies right there that will help you getting back on track, staying on track, getting in that protein first. Okay, thinking forward more. How do you diagnose it and what tools do you use to do so, so that you know you're spot on with, with what you're treating? It's interesting because I think that so many healthcare providers aren't even familiar with night eating syndrome. So you want to ask your, your, if you're going to your primary care doctor, you need to ask them, are you familiar with this? And if they say no, ask for a referral to a mental health person or other provider who is. But when you find a provider who is familiar with night eating syndrome, they're going to ask you a lot of questions about your eating and about your sleeping. Of course, a physician will examine you to make sure your physical health, there's not something else going on, maybe related to thyroid or other things associated with sleep issues. They'll question you about your mood, emotions. They're going to probably check you to find out if you have anxiety disorder, if you have depression, and try to put the pieces together. But there's also things you can do to help. Keep a sleep diary. And then physicians also have some sleep tests. One's got a big fancy name. It's called a polysomnography. What it does is it basically measures your brain waves, your blood oxygen levels, your heart and breathing breathing rate. So you need, you know, you need a medical professional professional involved in this, and perhaps they're going to work with a mental health professional. But you've got to have all these pieces put together to find out whether you meet the criteria. But they have a checklist of specific criteria. And if you do have it, you can find some tips to deal with um to deal with the disorder, which is, I think, what you were getting to. Yeah. And I really like to have a, a registered dietitian on the team as well. I think it needs to be For multidisciplinary because sure. once you get to what's going on, it, you know, mental health wise, there's a lot of uh, restructuring, if you will, of how you eat and what you eat and when you eat to help you get on track. And in fact, I always like to dig in a little deeper when we're talking on these health effects so people understand some of the health effects of night eating on the body. Gosh, you know, it's interesting because I am doing a talk later today about the effects of sleep deprivation on our bodies and uh, about weight. And we really underestimate the problems that a lack of sleep. And if you're struggling with night eating syndrome, that means you're struggling with your sleep because you're awake several times a night to eat. But a lack of enough sleep is linked clearly to weight gain, but also 
you not only are you tired during the day, but there's a lot of studies showing that not getting enough sleep is linked to a lot of autoimmune disorders and cancer. So I just read a book and I'm going to be talking about that later today. And I think that's fascinating. And in our field, we know that lack of sleep does affect cravings and the increased desire for carbs, which then makes it easier to eat slighter foods and have an issue with rate regain. Well, I know we've talked a lot about um, treatment, that it takes a team approach and what you've suggested they do. So in your mind, to wrap it up, if you suspect you're eat, you have night eating syndrome or you're thinking to yourself, I have a lot of those symptoms, I'm eating, I'm doing this and that, what do you feel is the best course of action that someone can take right now? That's a couple of steps and then the one thing you don't want us to miss as we wrap up. Okay. I think you need to make sure that your sleep environment, meaning your home, is a place that is safe. In other words, if you're going to get up and eat, you work with your dietitian to make sure you don't have foods available that are going to cause weight gain. And make sure you work with your dietitian to say, okay, if I'm going to get up in the night and eat, what would you suggest that I put in my mouth, right? So work with your dietitian, make sure your environment is a safe one for you in terms of food. Get therapy, learn relaxation relaxation techniques, and learn about sleep hygiene. Learn about sleep hygiene. But the number one thing is ask for help. You've got to ask for help to get help. You know, you've said that always since you've been on the podcast, and I don't want to discount that at all, that never be afraid or embarrassed to ask for help if you're struggling. We all need help in different forms in our lifetime, and it is okay. Well, it Dr. Khan, yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Good information. This is a great topic. I've been asked a lot about it in our private Facebook group, and I think these are uh, good answers and good direction for people to take. So thanks again for being here. You are so welcome and really get signed up for that retreat I've got coming up in June. There's only a few spots left. And remind them of your website. www.conniestapletonphd.com. Thank you, Susan. You're welcome. And as always, her information's in the show notes if you want to link on over and check out what's happening. And if you have more questions that you want Dr. Connie to answer the next time she's here, feel free to contact me through the website. There's a contact us form. That's breakingdownnutrition.com. You can post your question if you're in that private Facebook group. Feel free to do that. If you're not, join us. It's called Bariatric Surgery Success with Dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell, or just reply to one of the weekly newsletters. And I'll read those emails that come in as well. So let's get our focus in the right place. That is to take care of you because you are worth it. Bariatric Surgery Success with Dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell is produced and owned by Practicalories, LLC. All rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host, Dr. Susan Mitchell, or Practicalories, LLC.